He is making us new. John 3.30 tells us that we can decrease so that he can increase. And we're continuing in our series, A Fresh Start, as we start 2017. That's my prayer for every one of us, is that we would decrease so that God could increase, so that we could have a fresh start. That's what I believe God wants to do in us right here at Rock Hill. So I'm so glad that you're here today. And I got to start with a confession for you guys. Uh, I've been having these weird dreams lately, uh, waking up in the middle of the night and tossing and turning and having these weird dreams. And so last night, for whatever reason, I had this dream that I went up to heaven. My life was over for some reason, and I go up to heaven, and there to meet me at the gates is St. Peter himself. He says, welcome, Adam. You know, congratulations on that one-week run that you had at Rock Hills, but you know, welcome up. We're glad that you're here. And uh, I was glad to be there. Honestly, I was. I mean, it's heaven, right? But I said, listen, Pete, the Cowboys, the Packers, they were going to play today, and I'm going to miss the game, and I'm happy to be here, but couldn't it have just been tomorrow or something? And he shook his head. He understood, you know, it's football. And so he puts his arm around me, and he says, Adam, let me take you on a little tour, and I think you'll be happy that you're here. So we begin to walk the streets of heaven, and I mean to tell you guys, you've heard that heaven is spectacular, but you've never seen anything like this, man. The streets of gold, the mansions that are being prepared for us there, right? And we're walking down this one street, and all of a sudden, I see this shining mansion on the corner and Peter notices that it caught my eye and he said yeah that's that's what I wanted to show you right there we begin to walk over to this mansion and it has got gold overlay outlining the house in such a spectacular way with these green highlights underneath and as we get closer I notice that the the gates themselves have cheese heads on the top and I said whoa, whoa wait a minute is this the mansion that I think it is? And he shakes his head. He said, yes, this mansion right here is being prepared for Aaron Rodgers himself. I mean, it was unbelievable, this mansion. And I just stood there in awe and looked at it for a while. But then as I looked around the neighborhood a little bit more, up on the top of the hill, there was another mansion that was unlike anything I'd ever seen. It made Aaron Rodgers almost look like a shack, to be quite honest. And this mansion, it was silver, shining, bright. And I said, can we go see that one? And he said, sure. So we began to walk over to this unbelievable mansion. And as we got closer, I could see there was a swimming pool in the shape of a star right out to the side of the house. And there was a statue of Tom Landry tipping his hat right outside the house. And I said, Wow, now here's, here's what I don't understand, Peter. You've got to explain this to me because Aaron Rodgers, he's, he's won the Super Bowl. He, he's got more accolades and awards than anybody can imagine. And Dak Prescott, he's just been in the league one year. And sure, he's a great quarterback, but this mansion is so much more incredible than that other mansion. And Peter just laughed and patted me on the shoulder. And he said, Adam, Adam, Adam. This isn't Dak Prescott's mansion. This is Jesus' mansion. All right, so now you either love me or you hate me or you're ready to throw something at me. But here's where we're getting to today. You've got to forgive me, 
All right? You've got to forgive me for starting the message uh, with a really lame joke, or you've got to forgive me for being a Cowboys fan, whichever it is, uh, or you've got to forgive me for doing that within two weeks here of being your pastor. But today we're going to talk about having a fresh start in 2017, and if there's one single bit of advice that I could give you for having a genuine fresh start. Now, I know we all make resolutions of some type. You know, you want to exercise more. You want to spend better quality time with your family. All these things are great. Uh, but sometimes we don't do real good on those resolutions. Unless you said, I want to eat more donuts this year, then maybe you're doing really good. Uh, but we make these resolutions and they're good, but they don't necessarily change our life. And if I could give you one bit of advice that could truly make a difference in your life as we go into 2017, so that in 2017, you're not facing some of the same problems that you faced in 16, 15, 14, 13. I mean, we could go around and around and around that circle, right? If I could give you one bit of advice today, how to truly have a fresh start, that's what we're going to talk about today, and it deals with forgiveness. And I got to confess with you, today's message is going to be a little bit raw, um, a little bit more personal story and just what I've been through. But my prayer is that it's going to help you. That's our desire as a church leadership team. My desire as a pastor is that everything that we do here when you show up at this place, when we meet with you out in the community, it's going to help you draw closer to Jesus. It is going to help you decrease so that he can increase in your life. By the way, next week, we're starting a brand new series on Hebrews. We're going to go look through the book of Hebrews and just look at how drawing closer to Jesus makes our life better. So I encourage you, don't miss a week of it. Bring somebody with you next week. But we're going to look at forgiveness today because I truly believe that is the key to a fresh start in your life. 2016, if I can just be honest, was a tough year for me. Um, if you've ever gone through one of those situations where you felt like you've worked really hard in your life and then it all just vanished, or you've really poured yourself into something and then all of a sudden it just began to crumble, if you've ever been through a situation in your life where you felt like you gave your heart and soul and then you were betrayed, where you have to turn around and ask somebody to help pull that knife that seems to be sticking in your back and you can't make the pain go away. If you've been through a situation in your life where it seems like you've had friends and then they just kind of vanished, maybe not even because of ill intent, but just the season of life changed and all of a sudden people who are with you aren't with you anymore. That was a lot of my 2016 and it was painful. But what was even more painful was to see my wife go through the same thing, to see my kids go through the same thing. And if you've ever been through that with your family, you know, it's one thing to carry it on your shoulders. It's another thing to see your family hurt as well. And I'm not going to dwell on that a lot because it's 2017 and I'm putting the past behind me. But I do want you to know that it's been a tough year. And so when I talk about forgiveness, I'm talking about something that these shoes have freshly stepped in. Right? These shoes have been walking in this. Maybe you've been there. I can almost guarantee every single person in this room, if I ask you to recall to your memory right now painful words that have been spoken to you in your life, every one of you can almost replay it like it's a scene in a movie. 
Those words just stick there. And the crazy thing is, you could have forgot a compliment that somebody gave to you this morning already, but you can remember those painful words from 40 years ago, from 20 years ago, from last year. Those words and that pain sticks to us, and we carry that sometimes. And here's the problem. Those wounds leave scars, and those scars affect how we handle the stress that comes into our life. They affect how we're able to perform on our job. They affect how we relate to other people. They affect our family dynamics. Those things that we've been through affect us. So as I go there today for a fresh start for you, I'm going to ask you to do something really brave. I want you guys to go there with me. And be willing to kind of pull back some of the layers that are deep within us that affect us. In our family, we have a motto uh, that we use in our family. And it's this, refuse to be offended. I heard this several years ago and it just stuck with me. And I thought, that's the kind of person that I want to be. Every one of you are going to face offensive things. Just drive down the loop at rush hour, right? And somebody's going to cut you off and you're just going to be thinking, all right, you cut me off. I hope a cop pulls you over and throws you in the back of his car and you go to jail for five years, you know? I mean, we're going to face offensive things. That's going to happen to every one of us. It's not that you avoid offense. The real question is, when we are offended, what do we do with that? Do we internalize it? Do we let that become calloused within us? What are we going to do with that? Because it's going to affect us in a great way. So as we talk about having a fresh start in 2017, it's more than just having some good habits in your life. And I hope you have some good habits in your life. But a fresh start means us having a clean slate. A fresh start means us having forgiveness in our lives. Because forgiveness is the key to a fresh start. And here's the deal with forgiveness. It's not intuitive. We don't forgive based on whether or not someone else deserves it. We forgive because we do unto others, not as they have done unto us, but as God has done unto us. So forgiveness can be a really difficult thing. So we're going to take a look at just a little bit of Scripture today from a guy named Paul who wrote a lot of the epistles. He's writing in the book of Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to start in verse 31. He starts by saying this, Get rid of all bitterness. So here's his advice to you. Just get rid of it, right? Paul would make a horrible counselor, right? You feel like, man, I'm dealing with this. i got to go see a professional. So you make an appointment with Paul. You show up at his office and you say, man, this is going on in my family. And this is what my wife thinks of me. And my kids hate me. And my boss, he's just always putting me down. And Paul's going to look at you in the eye. He's going to say, get rid of it. That'll be $199 you can pay on the way out. Thank you. Next, this is Paul's advice to you. With the, the pain that you carry inside because of the things that were done to you. Get rid of it. If you've got things that you're bitter about, just go ahead and get rid of it. But here's the deal. He hasn't heard your story, right? He doesn't know the things that you have had to face in life, the things that you have had to walk through. I mean, if he heard your story, he would realize to tell you just get rid of it doesn't cut it, right? You have faced things greater than a simple statement of, I want you to get rid of it can handle Because when we have bitterness, it turns into anger really quickly. It can turn into hate 
really quickly. The offense turns into bitterness. The bitterness turns into anger and hate and resentment. He goes on. He says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger. Some of you, you've got some anger inside. Wouldn't it be nice to get rid of that in 2017? Some of you've got some anger and your loved ones have tried to talk to you about it. Listen, you've got an anger issue. But when you hear that, that just makes it even worse, right? For somebody to tell you that you have an anger issue is just going to make it any, even worse. For a loved one to sit down and talk to you and say, listen, I know you have trouble with relationships. Maybe if you dealt with some of this stuff that's going on in your life, you could be a little bit more, you could be a little bit more able to relate with people. Sometimes that just makes it even worse, right? So to say, just get rid of it, to say, just get rid of your anger, just get rid of your rage, just get rid of your bitterness, sometimes it doesn't help. And to be honest, we probably all tried at some point in life to get rid of it. Paul even goes on to list even more because he's trying to think of everything that he can mention to talk about our pain and our hurt that we face. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every other form of malice. In other words, every type of offense you could face and anything else I didn't think of that's offensive, that brings wounds, pain, unforgiveness. He says, I want you to get rid of it. And here's how we might respond. That's great, but I don't know how to get rid of it, right? We don't know how to get rid of it, And some of us may not want to get rid of it. We like being angry at the person that hurt us. We like holding on to a grudge because it justifies our anger and our pain and our rage against them. Sometimes we don't want to get rid of it because we're a little bit dysfunctional. And not getting rid of it is a really good excuse to continue to be dysfunctional. I am this way as a badge of honor. You know why I act this way? You know why I'm a jerk to people? Because here's what happened to me when I was a kid. That's tough stuff, right? Paul says we need to get rid of it, but we really have to ask ourselves, do we want to get rid of it? I can't go full Paul on you guys. If you were to pull me aside after the service and say, listen, Adam, here's what I've faced in my life. I think I would probably look at you, and I don't know that I could just say, get rid of it. I would probably say, that's horrible. And if I was in your shoes, I would be mad too. I might even be madder than you. I don't know if I could just tell you to get rid of it. But Paul does tell us to get rid of it. So we have to ask ourselves, why should we listen to Paul? A couple of reasons. Number one, here's why we should listen to Paul. Paul is not writing this letter. This letter was sent to churches all over Europe, and they read this letter of instructions of how the church should operate and how we should live as believers. And then it continued for the first thousand years and the next thousand years. And here it is with us today in San Antonio, Texas, the letter of Ephesians, the letter to the Ephesians, right? Here it is with us, and he's giving us this same bit of advice Saying, people of Rock Hills, do you have any bitterness? Do you have anger? Do you have unforgiveness? You need to get rid of it. 
So here's Paul, and he's writing this letter to us, telling us to get rid of it. But we have to realize, when he's writing this letter to the Ephesians, he's not writing this from a cozy mountain cottage in the mountains of Colorado, surrounded by snow, hot chocolate, a warm bowl of chili maybe, and the game on, right? He's not living in a life of luxury in any way. Paul is writing this letter from prison. He's writing this letter from prison because he has been locked up there because the people that he has been friends with for his entire life have now turned their backs on him and said, we don't want you to talk about this message that you're talking about. We're going to shut you up and put you in prison. His best friends, his colleagues are the ones who have put him there. And the people that he's now trying to serve, the believers, all of a sudden have vanished. They're not there to support him or defend him. So Paul has really every right to be mad at the Jewish people. Paul has every right to be mad at the Christian people. And let's be real honest, Paul has every right to be mad at God. Because Paul's life was going just fine until he started following God. And now, here he is, locked up in prison. He would have been under guard, likely having a guard stationed there with him, with his wrist chained, as he would have been pinning this letter to the churches on parchment. So if anybody has a reason to be bitter to be mad, to try to defend himself and say, how dare you treat me like this? It would be this guy, Paul. That's the first reason that we have to listen to what Paul says. The second reason that we have to listen to what Paul says is here's a guy that thinks that you actually can get rid of it. That pain that some of you honestly have had since you were a child Paul thinks you can get rid of it. That person who has hurt you so bad in the last year or whatever it may be, Paul thinks you really can get rid of it. We have things in our lives that we feel like, I'm going to be able to go on, but I'm never fully going to get over this. I will cope. I will go on. I will medicate. I will self-medicate. I'll pretend like it didn't happen and try to ignore the pain, but I'll never get past this. And here's Paul saying, I think you actually can be free of this. I think 2017 could be different for you. I think you can be free of this pain that you think you can never get past. So here's a guy who has a legit story and he's got a legit claim to say, I think you really can get rid of it. As we look at our own lives and search our own hearts Either we've got to say, I don't really have any pain that I'm dealing with, and that's great. Some of you here are truly in that position, and I hope that this message will stick with you for someday when you do face a situation like that. So maybe you might say, I don't have any pain, or maybe you might say, I do have some bitterness, but I don't want to get rid of it, or maybe, I think this is where most of us might be at, you might just say, I've got some pain. I've got some things deep inside that truly hurt. I just don't know how to get rid of it. So here's Paul. He's saying he's got a legit story. He's got a legit claim. I think you really can get rid of it. So what if Paul is on to something? Whatever issues you've got, and I, I don't 
This message isn't based on, I'm going to preach this to you because I know exactly what you're going through. We're all going through something different. But whatever it is that you're facing or have bottled up or whatever it may be, what if Paul's right? What if we can actually get rid of it? It's a low-risk, high-payoff opportunity, right? What if we say, I'm going, to, I'm going to take you at your word, Paul, and I'm going to give this a shot. What could the benefits of that be? It could be great as we move into 2017. If you really could get rid of your anger, if you really could stop having those imaginary conversations, you know what I'm talking about? You're driving down the road and you're just kind of zoned out and you are just letting somebody have it, right? Because you ran into them in your imagination and you are just giving them all the reasons why they were wrong. Am I the only one who's ever done that? All right. Hopefully not. You're having those imaginary conversations. Or it's that person that you see down at the other end of the grocery aisle in HEB. So you turn around and book it the other way as fast as possible. Because you don't want to have to come face to face with the past. What if we really could get rid of that pain? Get rid of that anger? What if we could face that person again and not allow it to control us? Not allow it to ruin our day. What if we could get rid of it? Well, here is Paul's solution. Ephesians 4.32. He says this, Instead, so here's what I want you to do. Instead, instead be kind to each other. Tender hearted. And I'll stop there. So he's saying what I want you to do is replace the bitterness, the anger, the hate, the unforgiveness... I want you to replace it by being kind and being tenderhearted, compassionate towards that person. It's an implied do this now instead of feeling that other way, instead of being bitter, instead of being bitter, be compassionate. Instead of feeling, being full of hate, I want you to be kind. And then he takes it a step further and he's going to drop the Bible F-bomb on us. Forgive one another. Just as God through Christ has forgiven you. How do we get rid of it? Paul says this is how you get rid of it. Forgiving one another. Now we could all have a def- different definition of what forgiveness is. Right? I mean, we've all tried it at some point. We've all, you know, kind of made this, this mental or emotional declaration in our minds or hearts or maybe even verbally. I forgive you. Now leave me alone, right? We've made some sort of attempt at forgiveness, but the Bible gives us some incredible insight into what it means to really forgive. Here's where we're going to start. Forgiveness is a decision. Forgiveness is a what? Let's try it one more time. Forgiveness is a... All right, we're on the right track. There's two words for forgiveness in the New Testament. Paul here is actually using the less common term of forgiveness. And this particular term of forgiveness is a present tense, constantly ongoing forgiveness. In other words, constantly doling out the gift of forgiveness. Oh, you said that to me. That really hurt. Here's some forgiveness. How dare you do that to me and my family? Here's some forgiveness, right? I can't believe that this happened to me. Here's some forgiveness. I give you a gift. found a quote this week by Mark Twain. He says it this way, forgiveness is the fragrance the violet sheds on the heel 
that has crushed it. You have crushed me. I'm giving you the gift, the fragrance of forgiveness. When people come against us, when they hurt us, we are to give the gift, Paul says, the continual gift, because we all know that one time, a lot of times doesn't cut it, a continual gift of forgiveness. Now, I'm going to expand on this statement of forgiveness is a... All right, thank you. Forgiveness is a... I want to make sure you guys are getting this, all right? Forgiveness is a decision to cancel a debt. Forgiveness is a a decision to cancel a debt. I have decided, in spite of how you have hurt me, how you impacted my future, how you damaged my family, I have made a decision to cancel the debt. I've made a decision. You don't owe me anymore. You do not owe me anymore. You see, every time somebody hurts you, whether it's with a small offense or whether, I mean, let's be honest, there's serious issues here of abuse, betrayal, um, unfaithfulness, things that we're talking about here today. Every time somebody hurts you, there's a sense that something was taken from you. Something that you deserved, something that you owned, something that you had the right to. It could be something intangible. My dad left when I was a kid, and it took the dream from me of ever growing up with a family, right? My friends grew up with a dad. I didn't get that opportunity, for example. Maybe your ex-spouse left you. And shattered that dream you had of being able to start the race with the one that you started it with. To be able to finish the race with the one that you started it with. Whenever somebody hurts you, they have taken something from you. Your dreams, your expectations, your purity, your finances, relationships, maybe your reputation. But when we are hurt, they have taken something from us, and forgiveness is a decision to cancel that debt. I realize that you took this from me, but I'm making a decision. You don't owe me anymore. I'm not going to mess with blame. I'm not going to wait for you to apologize to me. I'm not going to wait for you to own up to your own junk and get your life straight. I'm making the decision now, today, here, to say you don't owe me anymore. And if that person comes to their senses someday, meets Jesus, gets their life in order, and they come to me and they say, Adam, I was so wrong. How can I ever pay you back? My response needs to be, I decided long ago that you don't owe me. There's nothing that you could ever do to pay me back because that debt has been canceled. Now that sounds all well and good, right? Okay, I get that. Okay, that's, that sounds like a godly thing to do. But here's where we hit a wall in the real world. They do owe you. Your dad does owe you. Your ex-spouse does owe you. That former business partner does owe you. That friend that betrayed you, they do owe you, right? They messed with your life. 
They messed with your family. They messed with the way that you were able to see yourself with your self-esteem for years, for decades, right? They do owe you. Forgiveness doesn't make sense. It's not natural. When someone owes you, what do you expect? They pay you back. That is why as a Christian, it's an issue for us. Because my only real motivation, my only real motivation to forgive anyone who has hurt me is this. I am forgiven. I am a forgiven person because of the cross of Jesus. And if you're here today and you're trying this whole faith thing out, but you're not necessarily a follower of Christ, I'll be honest, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Because I don't know how I could handle my stuff in life if it wasn't for Jesus. If it wasn't for His cross. I don't know how I could ever cancel that debt. Because the truth is, even if that person came back to you, you go home today, they're waiting on your doorstep, and they would say, I'm so sorry, I was an idiot. Although those words may be great to hear, they will never be able to pay you back anyway. Right? They can never give you back your years when you were a child and didn't have a parent at home. They can never give you back that marriage that you once hoped for. They can never give you back that self-esteem that you've had to battle with for years. They could never pay you back anyway. The end of verse 32 is so good. We are to forgive just as God through Christ has forgiven us. We don't forgive because we deserve it. We aren't forgiven because we deserved it. We don't forgive because uh, refuse to be offended is a nice little saying. We should put that on a plaque and hang it above the fireplace, right? We don't forgive because it's a novel idea or, you know, it, it sounds like the Christian thing to do. We can only forgive as we realize that we, I, have been forgiven. You see, I had a debt I had a debt that I could never repay, that I would never be able to meet. As a sinner, as a sinful man, I am never going to be good enough to earn God's love. I'm never going to be good enough to earn my way into heaven. More times than I could ever account, I, I account I'm sure that I have offended God in His presence. I had a debt that I could never, ever repay. But God looked at us and he said, because of my son, because of the cross, you don't owe me anything. As a child of God, as a matter of fact, I adopt you as my own child. Romans 5 says it this way in verse 6 and 9. When you were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person though some might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed us His great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, He will certainly save us from God's condemnation. We have a debt that we can never pay back. And we are to do for others 
just as Christ has done for us. Now, the struggle for all of us is we could say, but if I could tell you my story, if you knew what I had been through, surely I would get a pass, right? I mean, because this is some serious pain. This is some serious multi-generational offense. This is a continual offense that happens over and over and over. You will never find freedom. You will never find a fresh start focused on the people who have hurt you. If your focus is on that offense, is on that a person, on that person, you will never find freedom. Your only freedom and motivation for forgiving others is when you refocus on the cross and the one who has forgiven you. When Christ forgave us, it was a one-time decision. He chose to cancel the debt. He fully forgave us. The complete debt was canceled. And he did so freely. No strings attached, not bartered, not traded, fully forgiven. If you're struggling to forgive those pains in your life, those people who have hurt you in your life, who have betrayed you, who have been ugly to you, who have hurt your kids, who have damaged your career, whatever it may be, your healing will only begin when you begin to focus on the debt of your own that has been canceled because of Christ. So today, we want to get rid of it. We're going to do something a little bit different today, and I know it's almost time to let out, and we're almost done, I promise, but uh, I want us to leave here dealing with this stuff, because more than anything, I want you to leave here with a fresh start and a a new perspective on God's love. The band's going to come up, uh, and this may be bigger than just today. You may have to take out a note card this week and begin to work on stuff Write things down over this week and keep a list of it and eventually throw it in the fireplace and burn it. But we've got four chalkboards around the room. And here's what I want you to do. Number one, I want you to identify the person or persons who have hurt you. That's the easy part, right? You can think of that real quick. It's that person you have that imaginary conversation with, right? That person. Now, here's the tough thing I want you to do. Number two, what is it that they owe you? What was taken from you? You see, you can't cancel a debt if you can't name what that debt is. For you, it's just an emotional, mental forgiveness to say, hey, I forgive this person. But if you can't say, this is what you took from me, you're never going to be able to say, you don't owe me anymore. I want you to identify who's hurt you, determine what they took, and decide in your heart. You're at least ready to begin the process of saying, I want to cancel this debt. Now, chalkboards around the room, I don't want you to write a paragraph on there. I don't want you to write a person's name on there. If everybody writes Jesse on there, we're going to be in trouble, right? Now, I want you to come up with a letter, an initial letter. a simple word or something that represents just to you, just to you, who it was that hurt you and what they took from you. And just say, I'm ready to cancel that debt.
I'm going to ask the band to play. You don't have to do this. Nobody has to do this. But if you're in this place today and you say, I don't want to walk out that, that door carrying that person's debt any longer. God, would you help me to cancel that debt? If that's you here today, I want you to, there's two in the back and two up front. And uh, I just want you to come sign your initials, whatever it may be. Sign something on that board. And we're going to close with a worship song here in just a moment. If you could just set the chalk aside and uh, bring those up here. Listen, unforgiveness and bitterness is like a cancer. If you go to the doctor and that doctor says, listen, we've got a problem. You've got cancer in your body. And that's a reality for some of you. Some of you have been there, had a loved one there. When you hear those words, the last thing you're thinking is, well, can we sit around and talk for a while about how I got this? 
and why it's there and how I feel about having it. The only thing that you care about when you get that news that you've got cancer is what? How do I get rid of this? My prayer for you is that that is where all of us are at with bitterness and offense. God, would you take this from me? Because bitterness and offense is a cancer. And it will eat us up from the inside out. But our debt has been canceled. We have been made new. So if you guys would, just join me in praying here as we close this service. Dear Heavenly Father, I'll just face them out that way. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that because of the blood of Jesus, those debts are canceled in our own lives. Father, and because of the blood of Jesus, we have the opportunity and the ability to get rid of it. Father, we can be free of those things that have hurt us. Father, in the days to come, I pray that you will help us to cancel that debt as we remember that our debt has been canceled. Lord, that we now have a clean slate and a fresh beginning. Thank you for forgiving us, Father. For those of us here today that might just say, God, I need a fresh start. I need your forgiveness in my life. Would you just take a moment and ask God to forgive you? We thank you by the blood of Jesus, by his son dying on the cross, that we can be your children and that we can be forgiven. God, would you be our Lord? Would you be our Savior? We give all that we are to you. In Jesus' name, amen.